0: Permit me tonight, so in case you are watching this broadcast for the first time, uh, my name is Pastor Obi, Pastor Toby Jr. of the Wealth family, but if you can pardon me to get straight into it, of course, Pastor Kevin, my co-laborer, my brother of the Inspire family, greetings to you, sir, and to the whole family, but if you can permit me tonight, I want to just kind of hit the ground running. So let's look at this scripture because this is going to be my main scripture for tonight. What we're going to do as I read this scripture we're then going to go on a little journey on a short journey and come back to this word or to this instruction. I think that this scripture that we're about to read from the book of Hebrews is a great encouragement to us. I think it's an instruction especially having left the word explosion with Pastor Toby that we had this past week. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. What I'm going to ask you to do is don't bother about my face. Open your scriptures. Make sure you follow me tonight so that you know that anything that I do end up saying or anything you hear in this broadcast, you will understand it not to be my opinion, but the word. Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 25. Please read for me. See to it. That you do not refuse him who speaks. Can you read that once more? See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. We're going to come back to this scripture, but this is going to be the ground to everything we are saying tonight. We're going to end back here. So I want you to follow my case and closely consider it. The instruction, I believe, following the word explosion, spiritual things of a pastor Toby, I believe the instruction is see to it. I want you to say that to yourself and I want you to say it to the person next to you to see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks so think first and this is what I want to say to you first because I'm going to break it down so we're going to have to run through many scriptures but I promise you it won't be long I want us to break through or go through certain scriptures so that I do not give room to assume anyone understands or knows it's safe to repeat first think who is this one that speaks you know scripture says that for Him who God has sent speaks the words of God. So the instruction that we found in the book of Hebrews saying that we should see to it that we do not refuse him who speaks. God is drawing our attention to the man that God has sent. Saying do not refuse him. Do not refuse him who speaks because to him the spirit has been given without limitation. The fullness of God has been deposited in the man that has been sent to you. And how would you know the man that has been sent to you? Or how do you know the person? Because there are people in our lives that we must refuse. There are certain people speaking that we must make sure we refuse if we're ever going to get into certain places in our lives. But scripture has to identify to us clearly the one that you should be careful The one that you should see to it. The one that you should be intentional about not refusing. Who is that person? The one to whom God has sent speaks the words of God. He does not speak to your emotions. He does not speak to your hurt. He does not speak to your current situation. He speaks the words of God. Now, if these words happen to address your hurt... If they address your current situation, it's first to be appreciated that it's first the word of God. I want you to hear this carefully. Because it's easy. It's by now, those of you, and I believe I'm speaking to the family. And I know that there are people listening to the first time. But please just follow me with the scriptures as I speak to the family. Because you are family. It's very easy for us to move quickly Faster than we should run, especially after a word conference like we have heard or that we've part, we participated in. The words from Thursday, PT emphasizing how powerful and how the Word is first before all things. In the beginning was the word. The revelation of God is the Word. God's manifestation is nothing more than the word. Then on first or Friday. He then began to speak to us about the breath of life that engages the form into activity. If we have the breath of life, then arises a man, a living being. And so we went on to Saturday and our senior pastor, Pastor Oni, began to speak to us about the winning mentality. So to speak to us about the championship mindset. I need you to hear everything that I'm saying to you. Of course, Pastor Nikki, I can see you. Of the elite prosperity good to have you on but we hear these words having a championship mindset and then pastor toby took us to a scripture that i would encourage that you make sure that that scripture stays at the front of your memory as long as you're able to hold it there it will, you would will do well to not allow this to be a forgotten word when pt took us into the scripture where it says that it's by your patience that you possess your soul, how would we go into a world and be able to take advantage of the world for God and his agenda? You must first be able to overtake and overcome yourself. When the words of domination came to Adam, Adam would have fought, <laughs> this media team today, that Adam would have thought that the word of domination was going to be outwards towards the world but there's no taking over of any world until you're able to take yourself so when the instruction are you here with me well family preach with me then when God said to Adam that you should have dominion you should subdue it was to take over you first when the instruction then came that you should possess by patience your own soul if you can dominate yourself you will dominate the world These are words that we have to look to because you see following word sessions or word conferences with a pastor Toby, you could be gingered up, fired up, and you can run before you've digested. There are words that we have to go back into our families and begin to break down so that we can run effectively, so that at at, at the point of running, you do not start throwing up the things that should have been well digested. I'm not in a rush because like Ifo said tonight, it's not going to be my strength, it's not going to be how swift I can find myself, how fast I am, it's not even going to be how zealous I can be, it's going to be the word flow that moves me. So I have to make sure I understand this word and not allow the yes sir of my neighbor to make me assume that I understand, see to it, that you do not refuse the one who speaks So scripture said to us and then Pastor Toby took us on Sunday, emphasizing that, you know, and we, let me just try to keep my train of thought so I don't make this longer. But let me say this. We understand that money truly does answer all things. Say whatever you want to say. Money answers everything. But you see, we're going to look into certain things in scripture tonight so that you can understand the use of these things or the things that we so so often pursue. Because God wants us to be effective. So how do we become effective? How do we ensure that we do not get stuck even though it's the beginning of our lives? How do we make sure that we do not get stuck trying to make a living and evolve to a place where we become a life-giving spirit, a life-giver? We have to understand the process of followership. Followership cannot be because we're live now. Many people from across Europe are listening to me in Africa, listening to me tonight. So followership cannot be zeroed down to close proximity physically. Followership is how well you heed the words. So the person of Apostle Toby is as present in Africa as he is here. If you're able to receive his words and this is what I want to emphasize because I know how easy it is for us to go and look I'm gingered I'm fired up and I know many of us from across the nation anyone that tuned in to this word conference spiritual things you're fired up we're life givers we're ready to engage with our 20 as pastor Sam was saying to us yesterday we're ready to build each church to a thousand man base however you must make sure that you really took in this word if not, you're going to run on zeal and when you grow tired, you will realize that it was not the word moving you. It was just your zeal. Zeal will fade off. So we have to look into this instruction when he says, see to it. That we do not refuse the one who speaks. But again, before we get there, I want us to move to this scripture. A scripture that Pastor Sam read to us yesterday. And an for read tonight. Mark chapter 4. You know, this scripture is one of the key verses for the nation. The parable of the sower. What we must first make sure we fully agree with and understand. Is that the word is the thing, is the most, is the greatest thing you can ever receive. And I don't want to go ahead of myself why I've given you that I don't want to say opinion, but why I've concluded at the word being the best that you can receive. We'll get there at some point tonight. But when you look into this parable of the sower, if anything will begin to germinate in your life, you must give room for the word to be sown. You must give room for you to evolve as the word and then be sown also. But so that I don't go past where I want to go tonight, Mark chapter 4. Let's read from verse 13, I think I told you to read from. Go verse on. 13. Yeah. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? Yeah. How then will you understand all the parables? Hear this. So this is the reason why I say that this is one of our anchor scriptures. Christ himself speaking here. He said, if you are not able to understand this parable, how would you understand any? You know, you trying to turn your business like from a 1k business to a 10k business, you do know that the only thing stopping you is a parable that you have not come to understand. Every question, every problem that you're faced with, it's a parable. And what we need to trust God for is that he will open up our minds so that we can understand clearly this parable because every question deserves its answer. It says, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? So look at what he goes on to say. Go on. The sower sows the word. This is the first thing that the wealth family and all the families must appreciate. The sower only sows the word. What does the man of God do? He sows the word. He does not first give you money. He sows the word in you. And you must appreciate that these words, they are not speaking to your outward body. They do not speak to bodies. They speak to your soul. Because your soul is the heart, is the hub of your very being. A man can be formed. We saw Adam lying, lifeless. He had a body, but he cannot become active if there's not the engagement of the soul. So the word or the man of God, what does he do? He sows the word. He speaks the word. What every house should be doing first is making sure that they speak the word. And what you must be careful to know is that you are not trading your position of sowing for trying to build a business. That's you just copying. That's you taking up a direction of the world that makes you, like you said tonight, make you fail to respond properly to God. Yes, do you respond? Yes, we do. When we hear P.T. speak, And when the word gingers us like it did, we quickly want to run. And that is a response. But is that the proper response? Because what God is looking for, the engagement of a relationship between God and us to a world, is a lifetime engagement. He's not happy. It's not enough for you to have a good run for a month. It's not enough for you to have a good run for a year. What God is trying to engage, are you listening to me? What God is trying to engage with you and I is an engagement that will keep us running for the rest of our lives. So that we can say like Paul said, I have fought the good fight. We can speak like David said, he was trying to fight even from his bed. This was a man that kept running because he was not running on the strength of his body. He was running on the strength of the word he heard. The sower sows the word. So how do I appreciate Apostle Toby first or any man that speaks to me? The general speaking throughout the week, how do I appreciate them? I appreciate them because they sow the most tangible, the greatest, the highest esteemed thing in all existence. They sow the words to me and why I appreciate that. They sow it when I can handle it and when I can't. They sow it irregardless of where I am because they know the power of the word. The farmer knows the power of the seed that if you bury it, it will come to life. So the word of God, the pastor told me, speaking to me now for almost six years, knowing that maybe my mind cannot understand it, but he knows the effect, the potent power of this word that it will make out of a crippled, out of a coward. It will make a, gro- a great leader. So I don't need to worry about my body. I just need to make sure that I can receive the word. Is your word flow proper? Is your word flow unhindered? Does pride hinder that word? Does appointment hinder that word? Does a seeming success and growth in finances hinder that word? Because these other things cannot give you life. It's the word but so that I don't dwell on this for too long look at what the next verse says go on and these are the ones by the wayside these are the ones by the wayside yeah. where the word is sown when they hear what happens Satan comes immediately yeah, and takes away the word that was sown in their heart I want you to remind yourself even as I'm speaking that you see to it that you do not refuse the words or the one who speaks because there is your life now look at what happens even as the word comes when they hear the scripture says satan comes when does he come immediately no i need us to look at this scripture because my question when reading the scripture when hearing Peter p sam speak it last last night i had to ask how for goodness sake does satan have this access to me he does not delay it's not five and t- um, five minutes later, immediately when you hear, immediately when the word is sown into your heart, he, sp- he comes and he takes away the word. I want you to ask yourself, how does Satan have such access to you? Because the churches where we're coming from, Satan is this big red monster. He's a figure of your imagination. How does he have such access to us? Why is it that we can leave a word conference fired up we know what the word was saying to us when we were sitting down listening to Pastor Toby speak you knew that at that moment you could give in a way that you've never given before you knew that you had the boldness to speak the word like you've never done before but you see how quickly even and I know I'm not the first one or I'm not the only one but many times when we leave the service the physical proximity or the time when PT speaks you can feel things going down And you're asking why scripture says here that the moment they heard Satan came immediately and took the word away from them. He delayed not in coming to take the word. So my question and the question I'm speaking to you so you can be daring to ask the question so that you can know its answer is how does Satan have such access to me? Because it must be someone that has access to me that's able to keep taking things from me immediately. As in As I'm speaking to you, immediately Satan is taking the word. So that's not because if we keep speaking this to ourselves, we'll start naming people or we'll start naming situations as Satan. Do you know that scripture calls Satan the great adversary? Peter got to a place and he said, be sober and be vigilant for for your adversary, the devil. He is roaming, looking for who he can devour. I want to tell you that what you have, Satan has a problem with it. And my message is not Satan. We're still going to that scripture. I'll see to it. But my issue or what I want to tell you is that Satan has an issue with your word life. Because he knows how powerful it is. The word created everything you see and the things that are invisible. Everything about you, everything that you will enter into, the word created it. The word is more valued than money. The word is more valued than houses and cars and dresses and clothes. It's more, it's of greater value and Satan has a problem with it because God does not speak to him. I said to you that God speaks to us the word when we can handle it and when we can't. He speaks to you because he has an intention behind that conversation. But you see, Satan has no power but the word. So if he's going to be effective, he has to he has to rob you of the word, he has to rob you of what is truly power-the word. So when we're speaking the word or when the word is coming at us, you have to understand: look, Christ makes it clear that Satan comes immediately he speaks this to both his disciples and the masses only to suggest that they must know the effects they must know the schemes of Satan I understand that with the gospel of grace you almost want to neglect the conversation of Satan but Christ was the one that spoke it if it was not important he would not have said it and it would not have been documented when they hear so how does Satan have such access to me why is it that I am so passionate about the things I'm hearing but shortly after I realize that the power of that word dwindles So we have to ask this question so that we can get the answer you want to read something quickly Verse 15 in the yeah. voice Go on Some people are some people are the seed thrown onto the path Yeah and the tempter snaps up the word before it can even take root Look this Can I say this? Satan is excited for the word. Because it gives him power. You have to ask yourself. We saw Satan in the beginning as a serpent. Again, this is not. So I ask you to stay with me. We're going somewhere. We saw um, Satan as nothing more than a serpent. Having nothing to him. But he's going to be cunning enough. To be able for you to hand over to him your word. Don't hand your word over. It says the tempest snaps up the word before it can even take root. Go back to the last translation. Read it once more for me. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. Matthew chapter 16 verse 21. Let's look at Satan for a moment so that we can understand this instruction you can tap out you can hear what god has to say and let's see the results over time from that time on jesus began to explain to his disciples what that he must go to jerusalem did you hear what he started or are you going to see what he started to say to his disciples that it is, it is a must that he goes to Jerusalem and... And suffer many things at the hands of the elders. I told us tonight that God does not only use good things to work out for our good. He uses everything. In this case, Jesus was going to have to... He was going to be at the mercy in quote of bad things. God was going to allow bad things to produce whatever his intention behind the Jesus was going to be he says that it was a must it was not an option it was a must that he goes to Jerusalem and suffer many things yeah at the hands of the elders the chief priests the teachers of the law and that he must be killed and that him being killed is not an option it's a must you know there are certain things i don't want to go ahead on myself but there are certain things that the word says is a must that you're trying to make an option it says it must be it must be that he is killed but then on the third day he will be raised to life look at what the next verse says peter took him aside look at what peter said we're going to come back to this scripture at some point But Peter took him aside, what did he do? And began to rebuke him. Do you know that silently, as the word is being spoken, do you know that you rebuke the word? Don't worry, I'll show you in scripture. When the word is coming, sometimes silently, privately, what Peter did is that he took the word privately. He did not show it to the people. He did not show it to those that surrounded Peter, but he took the word aside took it to a private place and began to rebuke it, began to refuse it, began to deny it. He says, never, Lord, he said, yeah, this shall never happen to you. This shall never happen to you. Now look at Christ's response so that we can answer our question. Go on. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Jesus turned and said to who? Talk to me. He said to Peter, what did he say to Peter? Go on. Get behind me, Satan. He looked at Peter and called him Satan. Do you know that Satan is you? You are. That's mad to say, right? Get behind me because we're going to have to see. Because you know, do you know what's the problem with life? We didn't know that life was not a playground. Most of the children that are growing out, everything about life is play. We're introduced into life as life being played. They want to play outside. They want to draw. They want to stay up late watching iPad, their iPad till God knows when. It's all about play. But maybe if we had fathers earlier on in our lives, they would have told us that life is actually a battle and that you have an adversary. So most of us, many of us, by default, late into our lives, realized late late that's my emphasis we realize late that life is actually a battle and guess what happened when we realized that when we realized that life was a battle we were already hard done by it. we were already at the disadvantage some of us realized that life was a battle in our 20s so life had 20 years head start than us Do you know what we realized? So as we started to grow, at first we had friends and then those friends turned to our our adversaries. We had situations, uh, the places that we grew up in, we started off trying to be footballers, but then we realized that the community that we were raised in became our adversary. But later in life, should you have been exposed to the word, should you have fought enough, you would have realized that there was a greater adversary That great adversary was never Satan. I cannot recount in a time in my life when I saw Satan as the world or the church that we grew up in told us Satan to be. Or as media told us as Satan should be. They told us it was a red monster. We've never seen it. But do you know who I realized was my greatest adversary? Me. So God looked Christ looked at Christ, uh, Christ looked at Peter, and he said, "Get thee behind me, Satan." At this point, my, Peter was manifesting another you—a you that was not in agreement with Christ—and he realized that anyone that opposes Christ is only Satan. But he describes who, who Satan is. He says, "Get behind me again." He's addressing Peter. "Get behind me, Satan." What did he say to him? You are a stumbling block to me. Do you know what a stumbling block is? Maybe get the translation of the definition of a stumbling block. Uh, It's an obstacle to your progress. It's something that causes you to to stumble, as it says, actually, to trip. He says, you are a stumbling block to me. Go on, have you got a definition? Go on. A circumstance that Uh, causes difficulty. A circumstance that causes difficulties, yeah? Or hesitation, or hesitation. Oh my days! So there are times I have heard the word. Do you know how long ago? And I'm rebuking myself because I know the use of the word. Don't worry about me. I'm going to make sure the word works for me. I remember years ago, PT saying, "Go to island." And you know what caused me to hesitate? What caused me to be um, hesitate? What caused me to hesitate? Yeah, was simply because I was worrying. That I was thinking we don't have the finance for it. We don't have the capable hands or the workforce for it. But you see, the issue was I was looking at secondary matter when the first was given to me. For you to be able to do anything was the words that you received, not the money you have at hand. We hesitated. I heard a pastor Shadia speaking yesterday, how she don't like speaking and I relate with her. I also didn't like speaking. But why did we not like speaking? we were afraid of shame. We were afraid of embarrassment. We were afraid of failing. But guess what? We realized that only we were dealing with that. We were causing that pain to ourselves. We became our own stumbling blocks. Are you listening to me well? family we became our own stumbling blocks we fought because we had less people that we could not carry out what it was that the word was saying to us yet God says to us tonight that these words that is speaking that are spoken to you in these words are the power to do it so he looked at Peter and he says "Get." get behind me Satan you are a stumbling block to me you are an offense to me you are going to cause me to you're going to hinder me in my progress and in case you still don't understand that there's Satan that comes and takes so I understand how Satan is able how he has access to me because he's me there's a you that culture built and it became your great adversary so Satan is a big name, so it's almost like calling Voldemort in Harry Potter. You know, you know, in Harry Potter they said, "Oh, don't call his name." Thinking, and then um, Christians will be afraid of calling Satan. So let's change the name. Satan is your adversary. Get behind me, my greatest adversary. You see here, even the chief priests were not stopping the agenda of God. Actually, they were helping do you know that there's some bad situations that you have called bad but they are helping you become and the only thing stopping you is not the badness of that situation it's the it's the is the fact that you do not have in mind the concerns of God but merely human concerns so I ask you again is shame a human concern Is this grace a human concern? And I'm not saying that you have to experience this. It's even the fear of how people receive your word. Is that not a human concern? If you start to live by this, you are being your own adversary. God says to us tonight, see to it that you do not refuse, that you do not reject the one who speaks because the one who speaks was sent from God and he is given or given to him was the spirit without limit. How does Satan constantly, immediately have access to the word I'm hearing before I've stepped out? As soon as the word was sown, before it even took root, he was able to take it, was because as the word came, even as we believed, you saw that growing doubt, that fear, Thinking that you're not the man or the woman for the challenge that has been proposed to you. These were the acts. That was the manifestation of your greatest adversary. You're in the gym and you have to push away again. We realize that it's not that your body can't. It's the things that you have in your mind. Your mindset. You are concerned about things that are not godly in nature. You're worried about if this person will make it. No, you're meant to walk. You're meant to keep with the word. And if you keep with the words, the Bible says that if you take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, guess what will happen? Those that hear you will also be saved. In our early days of pastoring, we're trying to make sure no one falls. And I realized when PT said it, the other day you're meant to just keep walking. The duty of the leaders to walk. And why should you keep walking? If you keep looking behind trying to raise someone, it's affecting your followership. Because the only reason why I can stand and walk forward is because I have a man in front of me that I'm following. The call is never to look back, it's to keep looking forward. Satan was always, so we couldn't ever draw up who was the serpent in the garden. Until years ago when PT implied, is it possible that this was just A being, a personality inside of Eve. Do you remember that? And that's why the scripture came with the instruction that you should see to it. Why did he say this? What's our next scripture? Matthew 4. Go to Hebrews. Let's go back to Hebrews actually. Let me just go into it so look at the scripture read for me verse 25 yeah see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks yeah if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth how much less we how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven let's look at the scripture closely most of us, I believe strongly that this is a word that God is speaking to the family. But we are people that I would have assumed we've already escaped a world. Some of us grew up in certain backgrounds and we have escaped because of the word we heard. But the issue is here is that he's still saying that, they, you know, people in trying to escape, they refuse the word. Please, I want you to follow me with this. They refuse the word in trying to escape. What are we trying to escape? Again, I'm giving you every answer and I'm just giving you scriptures as cases to further affirm this case that I'm bringing before you. The issue or what's the greatest thing that we're trying to escape is still yourself. That's why we can no longer be in the world like the worlds that we came out from. Yet the word still says that there's an escape. That you're trying to escape. There's something that you're trying to escape. What is it that you're trying to escape? For years we, we attribute the things we're trying to escape as a, as a flaw. Or another person around us when the thing that you're trying to escape is still you. I'm trying to tell you that the Bible says, and we won't go there, I'll paraphrase it. The Bible says that it was even the traditions, which is a mindset, a pattern of men that made the word non-existent i think paul went on in paul went on in romans in the book of romans what did he say he says that the flesh made even the laws of god non-existent i'm trying to tell you that you see you as a peculiar being as a word being you can really dumb down the words you're hearing it's not anyone outside of you it's you first so I get why this scripture says see to it. Do you understand the concept see to? It means make sure of. It says do not assume you heard. If we tell people, and I'm not saying that you receiving the word, it's your ability to recite the word. But if you quickly ask people what did you hear, you realize that they didn't actually hear the word. They masked up their hearing of the word with yeses, with shouts. With the slapping of their of their thighs, they must it. But I'm saying to you, maybe if we can be a bit more diligent with what with the words we're hearing, so you realize for this year, starting from last year, there's been an underlying tone of conversation to take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. I'm not going to allow the listen, if somebody else got it, I'm happy for them, but I'm not going to deceive myself. And say I've got it because somebody else got it. I'm not going to assume because I preached the word. I also got it. There are words hidden in the words that PT is speaking. That has been speaking. That if you hear, you will truly be liberated from you. The you in front of you. The you that you confront in the mirror every morning. Is a fearful version of who you're meant to be. It's still a fearful version. You still see impossibilities when God is trying to call us into a realm of impossible possibles. A realm where everything is not impossible. It's actually possible because we've come to believe. He says, see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. So I understand that there are many people who love me or you love your leaders or we love Pastor Toby. But you see, even the hugging of the body of Pastor Toby doesn't mean I've accepted him. Just because I come to every service doesn't mean I accepted him because the true acceptation of the man in front of you is in his words, not in his body. Do you understand that? Christ said, if you abide in me and I in you, if you allow, if you allow my words to abide in you. So what is it? I'm speaking to the nation. I'm actually speaking to the nation. You can say whatever we want to say. And I believe that we all love the leader, our father, Pastor Toby. But now we have to be a bit more mature because what God is calling us into is to go and take the nations. We have seen Pastor Toby take the city and us into a platform of nations only to say to us now go and take the nations you know I tell a lot of people around me I tell a lot of people around me and they laugh sometimes when they see me doing it I've gone back to the world conference the beginning of the year the first world conference with do you remember the first day the mad one when we started to sing Yahweh do you remember and P. Sam came with his voice it was like, from death to life do you remember I wish I had a voice like him I thought you kind of got a voice Like I was even thinking my voice too high pitched I hear it but on a serious note then P.T. came As the worship team were worshipping, PT took the mic from PSAM, I don't know if you remember. He took the mic from PSAM and began to say, take this city, take the nations, take this world. You know, since then, I go back not only to listen to that worship, but to recite those words, speak into my soul. So that even if I'm not aware of it... My soul, my spirit will just bring me to a place to take the city, to take the nations, to take the world. I don't believe PT said that emptily. I don't believe those were empty words. I don't think he was trying to ginger us. I think it was a programming that he was speaking not to our bodies, but into our souls. So I'm saying to you, what am I saying to you tonight? That we have to be careful that we do not refuse. So I do know certain people that love me. I cannot deny it. I know people that are loyal to me. But what I'm saying now to the Wealth family and everyone, I'm saying, are you more loyal to the words you're hearing? Are you able to set aside the person that you see? Are you able to set aside that this is someone I know? But can you hear the words? Because these words that I'm speaking, they're not mine. They are words I take from a PT. How would I have come across this scripture? How did I come across this scripture? As he was speaking, as I was being careful to hear, this scripture came to me. Pastor Obi, be careful that you see to it. That you do not refuse him who speaks. And you can imagine when I first heard this. I don't believe I refuse him. But it says, if you receive, if you refuse, sorry, his words, actually you refuse his person. Doesn't matter how long you've been in the nation. Now we understand why people have been in the nation and you, or people have been, can be in a group and you don't see them growing. Yes, they're there for every service, but you see that person, they've just refused him by refusing his words. Because sometimes these words come in a manner that it's not easy to shoulder. Or easy to stomach. What do we need to escape from? Ourselves then. Look at what verse 26 says. Go on. At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised. Once more. I will shake not only the earth. So we were having a conversation. And we've said that it's like everything is shaking as the world is coming this year it's like everything is shaken. I hope you are experiencing it because the shaking is necessary and we're going to see it we're experiencing shaking of all sorts and yes when our beings first looked at it and tried to refuse it because it looked, it looked scary it looked like it was an indication of our ruins when really it was an indication of shaking that which could be shaken we saw these things as certain things. And what God was trying to say to us is that, yes, the word may come in a manner that is hard to stomach, but it's for your good. It's trying to grow you. It's trying to mature you and I. So we looked at this, at this time, as his voice, at that time, his voice showed. Let me see verse 25 actually quickly. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. Yeah. If they did not, if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven, yes. Go to verse twenty-six. Go on. At that time, his voice shook the earth. So these words shook us. And you know, whenever you see the word "earth," he's speaking about foundations. The words that we hear shakes our foundations. God is intending to shake us and shake us until and. I don't want to go ahead of myself. Don't read, 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 read. Let me not go ahead of myself. At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised. So actually, so you see when we read the scripture that says, see to it. That you do not refuse the one who speaks. Let me help you out here. The word never comes to you to tell you that it agrees with you. You know, that's the problem of church. That's why we've had generations of saying, speak it preach on you know and I know we don't intend it but we've got a habit of and I'm guilty of it as well PT speaking and I'm clapping no you didn't know the word the word is not trying to tell you that you agreed you don't understand that. You still think it's my opinion. Do you not see often check scripture when Christ spoke to his disciples? This is no longer Paul we're talking about or any of the other disciples. When Christ spoke to his disciples, did you see how confrontational Christ was to his disciples? He always says, ye of little faith. He acts, So the word does not come to tell you that it agrees with you. It's trying to give you a standard that you need to rise to. Every time the word comes. So this is the downfall of leaders. Oh, let me not say leaders. People who feel that they're pastors and they know the word. When the word comes, they begin to read it. They don't understand that there's something hidden in that word for you. There's something and maybe if we take, if we approach the word as a blank canvas then maybe we'll begin to hear and then maybe we'll be able to move to the next stage. I don't want my story done with preaching. There has to be results after preaching so you have to be someone that makes sure that you are diligent enough to make sure that that word really gets to you so that you're not only known as a great preacher but you're a person known with fruits. Fruits become an evidence of a word that was sown and was not taken so these are things the words never come to agree with us in case you don't believe that as well you know there's a scripture where Christ said I did not come to bring peace but to bring a sword Christ actually said when I came to you when the word came to you I set a challenge I came to fight Because why would he not bring peace to you at first? Because the you that he sees will not allow his agenda to be performed. Because every time the word of agenda comes, the you that community built will challenge that word with maybe fear, with maybe doubt. So Christ has to draw a sword against your being. Christ has to draw a sword against my mindset and I have to lose that battle to the word to be able to have that word live in me. So you see when he said it, maybe find me in that scripture. He says, I did not come to bring peace. But later we saw it. you read the scripture. He then said, oh, my peace I give you. He cannot agree with you until he's confronted and he has dealt with the man. You know, when PT used to teach us words like the, get the woman and her son out, the flesh. The flesh that occupies, the flesh that it doesn't matter how long you fasted for. I don't think we fast anymore. I'm not going to be. So if you see me skinny, guys, don't worry. It's not because I'm fasting. Yeah. Tony hates that I've said this. I'm sorry. Let me, let me move on. Tony hates this. She probably tells me off oh, as this. She's my mom, you know. God wants us to understand that when He speaks the word, so as we get ready for a Thursday service, when PT comes to speak to us about life givers, I already know that a sword is getting ready to be drawn at me. And I have to accept that. I have to accept it because the word is not looking for my demise, it's not trying to destroy me. The word is trying to make me. And we're gonna see it here. Read the scripture for me. Matthew 10:34. Yeah. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace. He says, to the do earth. not suppose. Do not assume. Do not think when you hear the word on a Tuesday or on a Monday or from all the leaders of a Thursday or on a Sunday. Do not think I came to agree with you. Do not think that I came to bring you peace first, but it's first a sword. Go and read it for me. I did not come to bring peace. I did not come to bring peace. Yeah, but a sword. So imagine every word conference. Did not come to bring peace first. It came to bring a sword. So now I get why PT used to say things like, "I'm going to speak the word and leave them to fight it." He knew that the word is first a fighter. Peace comes following a fight. That's why the fight. That's why peace could not be rewarded first. It came after there was a fight. So the three years when the disciples were following Christ, actually it was Christ fighting with them. Can you see all the scriptures? How often did Christ agree with his disciples? But the church grew to a place that anything that PT is saying, we agree. Now I accept it. What we do, we must accept those words. We must say, no, that's truth. That's why we agree. But we must not neglect the fact that that word came to fight who we are. I was saying to you and PSAM said it yesterday that there's still words he realized that there's still a way to go. I think anyone that's truly a student of this word, they're not going to be afraid of where they are now. What they're going to be concerned about is if the word still flows to them. And we were hearing PT and realized, no, Pastor Obi, there's still areas in your life you're not following as you should. You're not, you're not responding as you should it was first the word drawing a sword before you and maybe you would ignore these words that I'm saying but that's the instruction see to it that you do not refuse the one who speaks go back to my scripture Hebrews verse 26 go on at that time his voice shook the earth so the voice the word when it came first it came to shake everything It shook our very foundations. And he says, once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Verse 27. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. So you see why I said that yes, when the word comes and when you feel like things in your life is shaking, you must not attribute that as you're going into ruins. How often do we see situations happen? When it feels like you're being stripped, when it feels like you're being hit all over the place, you will likely account that or see that as an indication of your ruins. Christ says, or the word says here, it's actually an indication of things that can be shaken. You don't understand that. You know, there's times in our lives, especially if you're coming from hard backgrounds like us, like many of us listening to me tonight, we're coming from places of poverty fights with poverty so when we get some money guess what we do the money that you came or the vehicle rather the business idea that came to you that brought you to five figures we quickly want to create permanent structures around things that are meant to be temporary setups and God says don't try to decorate this as something permanent I will still speak the word and cause it to shake Because what am I looking for? Oh God, what am I looking for? I will keep shaking and shaking your foundation until all that is left, all that is exposed is the bedrock of your faith. The only thing that God wants to find in you in every season is your faith. And sometimes do you understand that our businesses that we started to build, that started to provide for us, did you realize that it took the space of faith? So God had to come and shake our foundations. I'm saying to God, every time I hear the word, shake my foundation until I don't rely on anybody. I don't look to anything. I just have the word that produces faith in me. That tells me that everything that I purpose to do, I can. I don't try to calculate before doing. I hear the word and do. So if I say next week there's going to be a team in Ireland, it's because we heard the word. We heard the word. So what does the word do? It has to keep shaking and shaking. Do you remember when it was said of Peter, there were questions that Christ threw. You know, there are situations that you go through that are questions that you're meant to battle with those questions until you have its answer. So one day Christ instigated a question to the disciples. It says, who do people say that I am? I think it's the Matthew 16. That's why I said we'll go back there. He said, who does people say that I am? And everyone in their chaos is trying to say, oh, he's Elijah. Oh, he is John. He is this. But then he went to Peter. He was shaking Peter. The words he was saying was shaking his foundation until he found the rock. When you've got there, you can read. Matthew 16, verse 13. Go on. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asks his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Let me tell you something that's true to life. You only really ask questions when there's a problem. So you see the problems that you're facing, whether it's you trying to level up in your giving or you trying to become an influencer of a certain number or, or a certain circle. All these things, these problems are actually divine questions shaking you at your core, shaking you at your foundation because what heaven is trying to find is the bedrock of your faith. He says, who do people say the Son of Man is? Go on. They replied, some say John the Baptist, Yeah. others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Yeah. But what about you? But what about you? Every word, like you said, and I've been saying this to the family. I don't take any word conference as a public address. I'm sorry. It's not like me and many people. I've, and you see this conviction that I'm sharing with you. I've been speaking it since Caleb when we did Pulse and COD. Since Caleb. I said to you that what identified a Caleb and a, 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 a Joshua. They were not friends before then. But they had a conviction that the words of Moses was for them. So they became partners by conviction. So when I hear PT speaking, look, look, applauding everything and all of that, and no disrespect, but you see every word he's speaking, even if he calls it's for me. Do you understand that? That's the attitude you must have because every word is leading you to a place where he says, but you, oh man of God, it's, a, it's meant to be an address to you. And Peter almost fell because there were certain words that God was saying to him, but he was trying to say, what about John? He thought it was a public address. No, every word that God speaks is a word for you. Your season, the time that you're in, even your difficulties or your or your successes, they are God's attempt to speak to you. Now he says, what, um, what about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? Go on. Simon Peter answered. You are the Messiah. You are the Messiah, yeah. The son of the living God. The son of the living God. He was shaken and shaken and shaken until God found what? Look at what verse 17 says. Jesus replied. He said what? Blessed are you. Blessed are you, Simon. Son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you. By flesh and blood. But by? My Father in heaven. And what does he go on to say? And I tell you. And I tell you. Imagine he was waiting to have his bedrock of faith exposed until he can tell him a next thing. Look at what he says to him next. And I tell you. Yeah. That you are Peter. You truly are Peter. Yeah. And on this rock. And on this rock. So every shaken, You know that. So when I... So when i say to you in hebrews when we go back to hebrews when he says here and on this rock i will build my church i'm trying to show you that the reason for the shaking of the earth the shaking of your foundations is because god is trying to find the rock of your faith and why would god shake if not for the intention of building why would god be shaken to find your foundation if it's not for the intention building, Do you know that God wants to build upon you, Sharon? Do you know that God wants to build upon you, Callum? So every word that's shaken and it seems like it's stripping things away or things are dropping out from you, I want you to understand that what God is actually looking for is your faith. Because if he's going to build a structure that can never fall, that can never be brought down, he must be sure of its foundation. And that foundation must only be faith produced by the word. It can only be, back to Hebrews. Let's start to wrap this up. Hebrews 12 verse 27. Go on. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. So I don't think we have one business that sees us through every season. I think God gives us temporary setups and I recognize that. And I never panic. I don't fret. Because I know for the next level, he will also give me another temporary setup he gives us bread daily the father's duty is to feed you that's what scripture says he will give us our bread daily so what is there to worry about you know sometimes we wait for resources but these resources only come when you begin to walk and sometimes it looks so it looks so scary it's so daunting to walk when you don't have resources but the resources come as you begin to walk So this is why as a family, we need to set a standard So and start moving in that standard so that the the resources that enables us to do can come. It will not come. I realized, and I, I almost forgot to say this to you. I was thinking about it earlier today. The words that God gives us, this is how I had to take it. This is how it came to me. Words are permission. You know We grew up, and I have some people listening to me today. We grew up with things like we wanted to get out of the hood. And I think what inspired this was um, Pablo's thoughts. They asked the question, why is it that everyone falls into this way? And the common fight, and that's why I said earlier that money answers all things. The common fight is if you're even going to do, carry out purpose. We who have been enlightened, we know it's purpose. But if we're going to carry out purpose, we know we need finances. But you see, what we have is a common fight with them out there. The people that went to go and start selling drugs, they have the same fight. People say these things like, I want to get my mama out of the hood. Or we didn't have, I think P. Ricks was saying it in the interview, he said a drug dealer gave him the biggest money. I was waiting to hear how much this money was going to be said a hundred pounds and then i realized we've grown a hundred pounds then would have been a lot so i get it but what i'm trying to say here is that there are certain common fights but you see the wanting on finances did not give you permission for it our endless pursuit of it didn't make finances come parents going to work free jobs Did not give them permission for prosperity or finances. What gives you permission? Word. Because the Bible says that all things were created through him and for him. All things were created for the sole purpose of what the word is trying to do. So if we receive the word, guess what we are actually receiving? Permission. Finances will have to come. We're permitted to have it because we have the word. So the words once more, back to 27, let me start wrapping this up. If not, we can keep going. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. So allow the words to shake the things that can be shaken in your life. So that you can discover the real you. So that the word can say, truly you are Chrissy. Truly you are Peter. Truly you are Abyssola let the word shake you until it can find the real you the you that he intends to build on you want to read something quickly verse 27 in the amplified yeah now this expression yet once more indicates the removal and final transformation thank you for this go on of all those things which can be shaken that is of that which has been created so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain so what is God looking for the thing that cannot be shaken doesn't matter the calamity you, this thing just doesn't bend this thing does not fall away the bedrock of our faith so that he can build upon go back to NIV so that we can wrap up and see what it is that God is trying to build go on the words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken yeah that is created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain Go on therefore therefore since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken do you see what God is trying to give us? are you here with me he's trying to give us a kingdom he's trying to build upon our faith a kingdom. What the word first does, the first first removes from before it gives to. It's going to have to remove everything that can be shaken in my life. And these things, yes, like I've been saying, like I've been campaigning tonight, some of the things that he shakes out of our lives, they seem like our life. But God has to show that it's it's shakable, if I can say it like that, so that you know it's not your life. He shakes these things so that we can receive that That which cannot be shaken. What is it that cannot be shaken? The kingdom. So when Christ came, he said things like, I confer upon you a kingdom. This was after three years of building, three years of shaking them until he can find their faith. Then he said, I put on you a kingdom. You realize and you think that's at the end. Christ announced his agenda from the beginning. When the word of God came, Matthew 4 verse 17. When the word of God came into the world, when Christ left the place of being tested, look at what he says. From that time on, from that time on, what did he do? Jesus began to preach. He began to preach what? Repent. Repent, change your mind. He actually says that as I come What I'm trying to do is to force you to change you. You've accepted you, but you see who you are. It cannot carry out what God intended for you, what God predestined for you. There's a you that you have become that is actually your greatest adversary this you sometimes can be decorated with cars but it's still the adversary to what God planned for you are you listening to me well family there are certain things that God planned for you and I but the you you have become has become your greatest adversary so when the word comes on a Thursday on a Sunday it comes to cause you to change who you are because as a man thinks so he is so he says repent change your mind go on for the kingdom of heaven for the kingdom in. of heaven is now near the kingdom of heaven is at hand the kingdom of god is now accessible he says change because i'm trying to build upon you so we are becoming a kingdom we are becoming god is trying to build a kingdom a church a way of life a domain he's trying to build heaven on you but this if you do not see to refuse and if you do not see to it that you do not refuse these words if you and so as I was saying the reason why we refuse these words is because it comes to us first as something that opposes us it comes and it shakes everything it comes and it comes in a manner that it seems like it's for our bad but God says even as it comes do not refuse it you are to become a mountain Damn you! listen to me you're meant to become a mountain so there are certain situations that god actually wants you to shoulder he wants you to be able to stomach it and i'm not just speaking to i'm speaking to everyone there are situations that you're going that you're to face there are situations that make you want to cower away there are situations that wants you to hide in the shadows but god is actually saying no allow this confrontation because I am trying to find the bedrock of your faith so that I can build a kingdom. So every single time that I hear the word from a pastor Toby, God is trying to confer upon me, trying to confirm, confer upon us, trying to build upon us a kingdom that cannot be shaken. A church that the gates of Hades can never be able to bring down. The church, what you are becoming is something that is unshakable. This is what we're becoming. So if we're given the task to go and reach the nations, Europe, build our churches to be in a thousand man base. You know, it's from earlier in the year, I said to the world family that we must have a database of 5,000. These things look like impossible tasks. No, the word comes to set a standard. So he says to us that we should, since we are receiving... A kingdom that cannot be shaken. Go on, what does it say? Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably yes. with reverence and awe. It says, please, can you put this scripture on the screen? He says, let us be thankful. You know, if you thought this was a situation to be thankful for, someone wouldn't need to tell you to be thankful. So he tells us to be thankful because it doesn't look like something you should give thanks for. He tells us that we should worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Listen, nothing wrong is happening to you as far as you remain in the word flow. Even the exposures of certain things you will call your weaknesses. Or certain mistakes you made. Or certain things that you did and you're ashamed about. And I'm not talking about sin even though it includes it. I'm saying that you tried to do something and it didn't go as planned. You tried to start a business and you planned, you know, you said that this business will be able to produce this and it didn't work and you're having to deal with the shame. Accept it. Nothing is going wrong. God is shaken until he can find faith so that he can build his kingdom. I want to end it here. That when we get into the word before you run and I'm not saying also you should hesitate, but I'm also saying do not run before you've digested. See to it that you do not refuse the one who speaks. Don't forget this point that it's not in the holding of the person or following them physically. If you cannot receive and accept their words, you've actually denied the person. You've actually denied them. So I believe this is where God is bringing us to. He's saying see to it that you see these words that we heard in a word conference. Make sure you go back and you really heard it. Because I know that there's something I used to say to the family. There's, there's two type of people that tries to run this race. There are people that try to swim against the, the tides. And yes, they're moving. They're making grounds. They're moving. But it's slower than what God intended. Then there's some people that submit to the waves. If you're in the world family you understand what I'm saying. there's some people that submit to the waves, they submit to the word and guess what the word does? it puts them on their back for the word it co- he forces me, he causes me to lie down. the word causes me to lie down yet I move. I am, co- I, I am contented I, I am content, sorry in the word, I'm not trying to move before the word. I don't care how long it will take, but I know that if I remain in the word, then it will move me faster than what my legs can take me to do. So I want you wherever you are tonight, wherever you are across the nation, across the family, I want you to think about these words. And I'm gonna give a moment for Livingstone Nation as we always do to worship. I hope that they are ready, but I want you to worship and in all your houses, I want you to greatly consider these words. Again, I'm not advocating for you to do nothing with what you've heard, but I'm saying to be sure. Make sure, make sure you're not assuming, but make sure that you do not refuse the one who speaks do not refuse the words of our leader do not refuse the words of the leaders of the house from a pastor Toby leading the whole nation do not refuse the words of your, the generals or your house leaders because this is what's going to move us from ground to ground from realm to realm from wealth to wealth it's going to move us if we're going to take nations if we're going to be able to raise people it's still going to be how well you receive the word so I want us to join Livingstone Nation for a few minutes as we worship and as we round up tonight's service.